0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, called The Danger of Drifting.
1: Let's open up to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. We continue to move verse by verse through the book of Hebrews. We are in chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through... I'm going to get to verse 5. It's a transitional verse. Uh, The danger of drifting. The danger of drifting. That's the uh, title tonight. Let's stand to our feet, if you're able to stand with us for the reading of these verses. Chapter 2, book of Hebrews, verse 1. For this reason, we must pay... Closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For if the word Hebrews 2, 2, spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received just a just recompense, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. God also bearing witness to them by signs, both by signs and wonders, and by various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. For he did not subject uh, to angels the world to come, concerning which we are speaking. Father, as we look at these power packed verses and we look at the danger of drifting, we realize that uh, drifting is a very real danger, it's a very real issue. In fact, Many of us could probably picture faces right now that were once uh, professed, committed believers that have drifted away. And tonight we want to see the not just the danger, but the antidote, the, uh, the way that we can remedy this issue. Help us to have insight from your word. Help us to understand what you would say to us tonight and help us to apply your word to glorify you. I pray in Jesus' name, all God's people said. Amen. You can have a seat. The danger of drifting. You may be surprised by this, but I used to be a surfer. It's true. It was many moons ago, but uh, I surfed a lot in high school. And a couple of times I tried to make a comeback uh, in my older years. I remember we stayed down by uh, Newport Beach one time, my wife and I. And I went into the surf shop there and I rented a surfboard. And the one I picked out after I told the girl, I'll take that one. She laughed at me, which I wasn't quite sure how to interpret that. <laughs> but uh, apparently it wasn't really a board that they rented too much. But I thought it looked fine to me. Well, when I went out there, I had forgotten how much work it was just to paddle on a surfboard. Anybody? Can I get a witness right? It's like it's work just to get past those waves and sit there for a while and try not to fall over. Try to look cool as you sit there let alone catch a wave and then stand up and then paddle back out. Uh, One thing I remember, though, when sitting out on a surfboard uh, many, many times is, you know, we would come with a group of people and we would often sit by a lifeguard stand and, you know, at Newport and so forth, they have numbers on them. So let's just say that we were at 18th Street and you'd go out and you'd be on your board and you could pretty much see the numbers you know, on the lifeguard tower. And as you sat there and waited for a wave, inevitably what would happen is you would do what? You would begin to drift. And the way that you could kind of see where you were is, I used to be over here kind of aligned with lifeguard tower 18, but uh, inevitably if I just sat on my board, I would drift and drift and drift. And especially if I did nothing like paddle back where I belonged uh, I could be a long way away from where I started. All it takes to drift is to do nothing. Just to sit there on your board and the natural flow of the current can take you off course. And there are a lot of people, you know, we describe it this way in our culture, a lot of people just go with the flow. And they end up maybe at places that they didn't suspect they would be. That is uh, the reality of drifting. One of the ancient symbols of the church is a ship. And one of the great scenes in the Gospels is the disciples there crossing the Sea of Galilee and the storm came. And they were being tossed, you know, here and there by the wind and the waves. And they were contrary to them. And they were stressed out and they were rowing and Jesus finally came to them walking on the sea. And do you remember the words that Jesus shared with them? They were afraid. They were fearful. They were wondering how it was going to end. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. And then in Matthew's account, this is Matthew 14, starting in verse 22, he says to them, why did you doubt? Why were you afraid? Didn't you know that with me in your life, I would get you to your intended destination? And so the the church not only grabbed the idea of a ship to depict the early church in the winds and the waves of culture and difficulty, but an anchor became a symbol of early Christianity as well. In fact, before there was ever a cross as the main symbol that would be on churches, the anchor was a ancient symbol of the cross. And I think you all know what that means. That means that we have an anchor in the storm. And he will hold us in place and hold us where we need to be. And so uh, this is the first of five major warning passages found in Hebrews. If you're interested, they are Hebrews 2, 1 through 4, if you're taking notes. Chapter 3, verses 12 through 19. Chapter 6, verses 4 through 8. Chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. And chapter 12, verses 25 through 29. We're going to get to all of those. Each of these passages in the book of Hebrews have troubled many a soul over 2,000 years of church history. Here's why. Because they brought up some questions about who is it that the writer is writing to. It doesn't seem that he's writing to a group of people who've never heard the gospel. That's going to be obvious. Are these people believers? Have they drifted away so far that now their own salvation is in question? This has kept some people up at night who have concerns about doctrines like eternal security and whether once someone commits their life to Christ, could they lose their salvation And these particular issues have been debated back and forth by a lot of good people. And here's what I will tell you tonight. I'm going to let the Bible speak for itself. We'll come to some conclusions in terms of, you know, what we see in the text. But I'm not going to jump right out and tell you, okay, well, you can just hang your hat on this particular doctrine and here's what we got. Let's let the Bible speak for itself because many of us know that people have certainly drifted away. One writer said, undoubtedly, um, there will be people who never actively opposed Jesus Christ in their lifetime, but simply neglected the gospel. There will be people who end up under judgment, who didn't really reject the gospel, but neglected it. Because neglecting the gospel is essentially to reject the gospel. Now, when we look at warning passages like this, what should we do with them? How can we understand them? I will submit to you that a very good thing to keep in your pocket is the parable of the sower that Jesus told, or the parable of the soils. And Jesus talked about different responses to the gospel. He called it the gospel of salvation. Other gospel writers would call it the gospel of the kingdom. And people hear the word of God. But de- their their uh, growth, their fruit will depend upon what type of soil they actually are. And so this early church was facing persecution. It wasn't popular to be a Christian in many areas of the world. We, uh, When we did the opening teaching on this, I submitted to you that this is probably an early church of Hebrew believers in Rome. We are near the what's called the Neronian persecutions. That is the persecutions under Nero who set fire to certain areas and blamed the Christians. There was a dispersion of Jews around AD 49 under the Emperor Claudius. And so there was a lot of difficulty going on. And for many early Jewish believers, it would be easier to go back to the synagogue, go back to the temple practices, go back to the law and fit in Instead of standing out like a sore thumb because you've decided to be a Christian. Let me give you kind of a parallel example. Someone comes to faith in a Muslim country. They, uh, let's say they have a vision of Christ. He appears to them in a dream, which has happened in Muslim-dominated countries. We've had Muslim people hear the gospel on Christian television and radio. They commit their heart to Christ. Now what happens with their family? A lot of pressure. If not physical persecution, there can certainly be mental persecution. Uh, people can be told, you're not my child anymore, or you're not part of this family anymore. You have a person who's in a cult. Uh, many of you know the major cults in America. Someone becomes a Christian, goes back to their family and says, I'm now a Christian. But the family is all one thing, one religion, And now that person has to take a stand. And theologically, they may be convinced that the Christian faith is the correct faith. But practically, they may not be prepared for the pressure that's going to come with that decision. And so these are the very real issues that we're facing the uh, uh, ancient church as well as facing people today. And so the writer says, for this reason... Hebrews 2.1, if you have an ESV, New King James, therefore, and the therefore or for this reason, whenever we're reading our Bibles, we look back. If the writer says for this reason or therefore, he's connecting it to what was written before. Now chapter one celebrated the superiority of Jesus, that he is the creator, sustainer of the universe. Verse three, chapter one, take a look. He is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature. Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, when he had paid for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on
0: high. Amen. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Listen to our podcast mini series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and
1: others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. Our next series has to do with our recently broadcast of the Song of Solomon, talking about relationships.
0: And I think if you're a spouse and
1: just one of you or both of you are going through having shame from not doing it God's way, Um, that you need to work on that together, not separately, not one spouse who's having the problem going to get the help that they need. But I think together they need to navigate this. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com, or you can subscribe and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts,
0: iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. That's Walk in Truth's A Step Closer on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. At the right hand of the Majesty on High. Amen.
1: Jesus Christ paid for our sins at the cross. From the cross, he says, It is is finished. He was raised, Romans 4.25, for our justification. We now, being in Christ, have the righteousness of Christ credited to our account. The gospel is amazing. The gospel is gives us true peace with God. We are reconciled to God. Now, the writer of Hebrews has been making the case for the superiority of Jesus to everything else, to angels, to the old covenant. He's the creator, the sustainer. He is the one that we look to. And I think that case is amazing. Christ is all that this letter clearly asserts in chapter one, but if he is, then would to God that we would anchor our hope to him. Would to God that we would not drift away because of pressure, or because of many other things. Let me just say to you, if I were to ask you right now, uh, what do you think makes people drift? What might you say? Well, let me make a few suggestions. Familiarity. Sometimes we are Christians. We grow up in a Christian home. We've been in the Christian church. We know the right lingo. We know the major stories. We kind of have a handle of the doctrines. And familiarity all of a sudden can make us be a little negligent, a little negligent of our Bibles. Maybe we are a a person who is just flat out gotten busy. Life can be (laughs) racked with busyness, right? I mean, there's so many things pulling for our attention. If you have a young family, if you own a business, if, you know, there's many things that can make us busy. And all of a sudden we put our Bible aside for a day and then it's two days and then it's three days and then it's a week and then it's two weeks. And then someone someone asks, well, when's the last time you read your Bible? And you're like, you know, 2003. <laughs> yeah. Except when I come to church, then I carry it in. There's a, There's a lot of different things that can happen that can move us away. For this reason, what's the antidote? We must pay much closer attention. To what we have heard, notice, lest we drift away. That's verse 1. The word drift is a Greek word which means to flow by, to carelessly pass, to miss, to drift away, to let something slip by. Plato used it for a ring on your finger that was a little too big and slipped off and you lost your ring. The idea of the original word means to drift past. Uh, it's a nautical word suggesting the image of a ship whose anchor is broken free from the ocean, says one writer. And it's dangerously drifting away. And when I was uh, growing up, my mom, a very overprotective mom, she may be watching right now. So I'll be careful how I say the things that I, I say. But she would say th- these things to me. I'd be leaving the house and she'd say, Michael, Be careful. And then it became, be careful in your activities. And it became, be careful in your daily activities. And one time she said to me, Michael, do you watch the road when you drive? And I said, Mom, no. I try to look off to the side the whole time. <laughs> and, and you all know that If you have taught a a class or you have a friend that's easily distracted, sometimes what we want to scream out, and sometimes we literally do, we do something like this, pay attention! Uh, I was teaching a a class, Bible release time, a couple years back, and I had a really squirrely kid. He could not sit still. And so I had to give him things to do uh, to kind of keep him focused. And he was there, Pastor Michael, and you wouldn't believe when over we The other day we were over here, and then we we're over there. And I'd be like, can these out? <laughs> pay <laughs> attention. Right? And we all know that when we're sharing something that we think is significant, we would like people to pay attention. Pastors deeply appreciate When people are going, yeah, 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 and not going. (whistles) (laughs) So the writer says if you are prone to drift, there's something that you need to do. You need to pay close attention. Have you ever been on the road and maybe you saw a car begin to move across? you know, kind of get out of the center of the lane and maybe even move across to another lane. Or maybe you had to move over real quick to avoid uh, a car. I remember we were coming back from Mexico on a trip and uh, we were in this elevated truck. And I looked down and this car was kind of swerving back and forth and look, you know, kind of looked like the guy was drunk. And I was able to look down and peer into the, the cab and this man was slapping himself across the face. Psh- <laughs> and I'm like, what is this a bad movie or something? Well, what was happening is he was falling asleep and he was trying to battle uh not falling asleep and so you can you can tell that when when someone's drifting, have you ever done this before? Maybe don't maybe don't tell someone who'll get mad at you but <laughs> have you ever kind of caught yourself when you were driving and thought, you know, I haven't even paid attention to the road for the last five miles. <laughs> I have no idea how I even stayed in the lane. So I used to play a lot of slow pitch softball and we went to Las Vegas and we played in this tournament all day. And in these slow pitch tournaments, it was double elimination. And so you could play from morning until evening. We, we probably played 10 games. We were in the championship game. It was late at night, about, you know, a good five hour drive to come back from Vegas I was the drummer on a worship team. I had to be at church at seven in the morning i wasn 't gambling in Vegas, just so you know I was playing softball. so we went out to dinner. We played the last game it was a It was a long day. so many softball games, so much energy uh, you know given ate dinner, had a big cup of coffee, and decided i 'm driving back and I, I probably got on the road i don 't know what it was. It was probably eleven o 'clock at night so you know, it was hitting two thirty three in the morning and I remember I was on the fifteen freeway and I began to look at the lights and I began to see different animals in the lights. Like I looked up and the light went Roar! <laughs> I was like Whoa Wait a minute. And so I started doing that slapping thing too and poking myself in the I no, just kidding. But uh I kind of snapped out of it, you know, rolled the windows down, turned the music up, got home. And there was a huge accident on the 15 freeway Uh, about if I would have pulled over or something, I probably would have been involved or somehow held up by that accident. Anyway, here's the point. Usually when someone's drifting, something else is going on. Either they're not paying attention or they're asleep, or have you ever done this? A car looks like the person may be drunk, and then you, you give them, you ever give them a look? Like, what in the world's wrong with you, right? And you can see that they're on their phone, or they're doing their makeup. <laughs> see, we drift when we're distracted. We drift when we're not paying attention.
0: You've been listening to The Danger of Drifting, part one on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter two, verses two through four. As always, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast. Please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about walk in truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Well, maybe as you think about this idea of drifting, you would say, man, I have just been distracted. Well, what is it that's distracting you? What would you say it is? If you really had to draw Kind of a, what is distracting me is, and you had a line in front of that word, is what? Is it worldly pursuits? Is it the uh, deceitfulness of riches, as we see in the parable of the soils? The cares of this world? <laughs> the, uh, you know, there's there's so many things that can come at us, right? Maybe you're just overwhelmed right now. Maybe you've kind of lost your way because you've walked away from daily devotion, And, you know, if you move away from daily devotion, you drift a little and a little and a little more until you find yourself way over somewhere where you never expected to be. And you might say, how did I get here? Well, all it takes to drift is to do nothing, (laughs) right? (laughs) So you might say, well, Pastor Michael, you've already preached on that. What do I do now? What's the answer? The answer is simply get back to where you belong. If you've drifted, get back. Start paddling back to where you were. (laughs) You say, well, it seems like an overwhelming distance. Well, just paddle a little bit at a time to use the ocean analogy. If you drifted on the surfboard and you're in front of jetty 16 instead of 19, (laughs) what do you do? Well, you can either paddle back or cruise in on a wave and walk back. But either way, you got to get back. You know what I'm saying? And there's only one way to get back. That's one paddle or one step at a time. So you say you're using a lot of analogies here, Pastor Michael. Bottom line it. Here's the bottom line. Get back to your Bible. Get back into fellowship. Dive into the deep end of the things of God, and you will get back where you need to be. This is Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. We're in the incredible book of Hebrews, and you're going to notice that there's several, in fact, five uh, sobering warning passages about the danger of falling away or drifting away from the living God And these are sobering passages. We need to understand the context and who's being spoken to. But it's always a real danger for any of us to drift. And so I pray that's not you. And if it is you and you need some help, we have a number you can call. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We have pastors available Tuesday through Friday, Pacific time. 844-48-TRUTH. Maybe you just need someone to pray with you. Maybe you need some help in getting a plan together to get back where you need to be. 844-48-TRUTH. We'll see you right here
0: tomorrow. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner? Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for $5 a month. And visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews, chapter two, verses two through four, called The Danger of Drifting. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.